This old-time radio program was originally aired live, long before the advent of high fidelity. As a result, you may detect an occasional surface noise or volume drop due to transmission problems so common to old radio. Shall we play a game? No one only a dollar ninety-nine buys you at Ponderosa right now. I want my MTV. Game on, the saving place. Oh, no! I quit soccer to play Atari. So, what would you little maniacs like to do first? Live from Members Only Studios, welcome to Living in the 80s. Because we got such an overwhelming response last week, we're coming back this week. Uh, last week we talked about songs from the 70s that would sound good, you know, that sound had a, the 80s sound. And this week we're going to flash forward to like the 90s and beyond. What are some songs that have that 80s sound and feel to them that we listen to today that kind of maybe brings us back or, or kind of you can see those 80s influences there. So... Uh, what we're going to do, we're going to take a, a brief break here, um, and we're going to be right back talking all about this stuff. Thank you for listening to Living in the 80s. We want to take this opportunity to thank all of those that helped make this possible. First and foremost, we want to thank Anchor for providing this platform for us to share this podcast. We also want to thank Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Tuned In Radio, and about a dozen others. We also want to give a special thank you to Star1079.com and Roundtown Radio, where you can hear this podcast weekly. Also, be sure to check us out at our website at livinginthe80s.us, and of course, on our Facebook page, Living in the 80s. Thanks, and back to the show. I've got Art and Sean with me. Gentlemen, greetings. Hello. Um, we grew up in the eighties, the music that we love, you know, it's our coming of age years. Uh, those are, you know, people kind of gravitate toward that, that era they grew up in, but we're all open-minded enough musically, our musical tastes, like we'll listen to anything, any other music that's good, right? We wanted to make sure that we did this, this topic as well, because there is so much music out there. Throughout the decades, like my parents listen to stuff, in, you know, from the fifties and sixties. That, as a small child, I end up listening to, and I look back now and go, "Oh yeah, it reminds me of my childhood," even though twenty years before I was born. But this music here, I've tried my best to keep up with music. I I, I do a lot less lately because a lot of it, uh, I'm a little more cynical now. Um, I, I don't like a lot of the more modern music, but sometimes a song will kick me in the butt and go, ooh, that's a good song. We're going to jump right into, our top 10 actually has three songs. We actually have 12 songs, not 10, but my countdown guy only goes to 10. For number 10, you're going to get three songs. So here is uh, our first number 10. Number 10.
First Kiss by Kid Rock. When I hear this song, I think of Brian Adams and John Mellencamp. Like, has that, you know, that uh, that Midwestern rock vibe. Um, Kid Rock's from Detroit. Uh, he's, you know, he's about our age. Uh, I think he was born in 1971, so he's 50 now. And um, just, I hear this song, it kind of puts me brings me to like a small town everybody's cruising up and down the strip and this is the kind of music you listen to i don't know i have a fondness for this kind of music i don't know about you guys yeah i, th- I think same thing it's kind of a just kind of has that big open american kind of sound like you said some of the artists you've compared it to um i definitely I see those influences for sure yeah in a backcountry usa oh yeah 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 love it so i, I couldn't leave this off of here uh, we had some songs we had to save at the end because we had nine that we all agreed on, and then there were three more. So we took, you know, <laughs> some of them <laughs> that like, okay, our head one shot, hand one. This was mine, uh, Kid Rock with First Kiss. So uh, that brings us up to our next one, which uh, Sean, I'll let you take it away. It's just of truth uh yeah just uh anything depeche mode um you know really really came to popularity in the 80s uh really embody that kind of uh synth uh basically the band was just uh keyboards yeah uh, and just had that 80s sound uh saw them live once not a lot of fun to see live I would imagine they would be watching three guys play keyboards and a singer. Uh, but you know, it was like watching paint dry. But uh, <laughs> but uh, it sounded great. Um, yeah. And part of it was the programming, I think, uh, too. I think at one point, I all four of them had their hands in the air, and I heard a drum track and two synthesizers still playing. Uh, but no. So when I think '80s, when I think Depeche Mode, definitely an '80s band. Uh, I was surprised that this one actually was a 90s song because yeah. and it definitely has that 80s sound to it and that synth heavy 80s sound so yep art i've got nothing for this one okay um depeche mode's one of those kind of love hate bands for me uh people are people i think is a tremendous song um personal jesus i don't like which is their other bigger hit but uh, policy of truth i like um again it's it's like a few songs on here released in 1990 so maybe they were recorded recorded in 89 but we didn't hear them then but this song has definitely got that 80s sound to it and like you said i don't i couldn't imagine them actually being somebody that i would enjoy in concert kind yeah, of say, I, I have nothing for depeche mode even in the 80s i never really listened to them and yeah like i said i, I don't think put to mind is that personal jesus and i didn't like that either so. well Fun story, I when um, People Are People came out as a single, I loved that song. So I went out and bought the tape. I'm like, this is crap. <laughs> I know some people, they get a very loyal fan following. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, a lot of emo kids uh, back in those days really liked Depeche Mode. Yeah, they, they, had, they had kind of a, a dark quality to them that I think mm-hmm. appealed to the appealed to the underground you know so uh that that dark quality that kind of like mysterious kind of cold 
dark quality of the, of the band, and, and so they definitely had a very loyal follow, following. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, that that ended up being our other one of our other number ten songs, um, which brings us to our next number ten song. I don't know a whole lot about this band. Um, t- how I came across this, it's uh, Proto Motor. Mm-hmm. Is that how you pronounce it? And the song is Pontiac 87. Mm-hmm. So, you know, send some props out to my son, He, uh, Connor. He's always on to me about new music and how I'm always uptight about, um, like you. I'm mm-hmm. very particular about what I listen to. And he's like, Dad, there's good music out there. You gotta listen to it. You gotta really search to find it. Yes, but he, I said, Hey, you know what? I got a couple slots I can fill here in this list. I'm, I'm, I'm working on. Give me some songs. He gave me a list. There's two I picked out. One's further down the list, but this one here, um, Pontiac '87. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before we started this. I think it sounds a little bit like the Smiths, and you think it sounds like? Yeah, I thought oh, it has a Joy Division. Yeah. There's some yeah. elements of Joy Division. Good song. So yeah, I'd never is. heard it until you sent. Send it yeah. over. And there's some other songs he sent me, but this one here I picked out. Um, I thought it does. It has that mid '80s sound to it, which uh, brings us to um, number nine. Number nine. This sounds 80s all the way. The video uh, starts off with these kids. They're dressed like members of the Cars. <laughs> uh, the, and it also has kind of like a knack kind of a, a feel and vibe to it. So Fountains of Wayne did Stacy's Mom in 2003. And this song, um, the video has Rachel Hunter as the mom. So I, I don't think I had heard the term MILF. Until this, around the time this song came on, but this kid basically is fantasizing about this 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 mom, like the her daughter. These kids are like thirteen, fourteen. Daughter's interested in this kid, so she'll put on her lipstick and stuff before he comes over and stuff, and he'll come over and go to the pool or mow the grass or whatever. This is all going on in the video, and then there's Rachel Hunter looking stunning absolutely stunning and she's like she'll be like in in a lingerie or she'll be like in a dress hiked up to there sweating and fanning herself off and she'll come out of the pool a la phoebe cates but she she leaves her top on um but uh just just the feel of the song the look of the video just the the humor that's in it 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 sounds like it it could have been almost a lost car song (laughs) to, to be honest with you so but, yeah, um, any thoughts on this song? Well, I mean, I think, you know, the, the 80s influence the, in bringing in Rachel Hunter. I mean, what what a nice touch that was. 
Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, probably, uh, I always laugh, uh, you, you think about, like, your youth, was there somebody, a friend that had a, had a mother that you thought was a pretty lady? And then I always <laughs> think of our generation, I always wonder, like, of all the people I know that have kids, like, that song today, like, who of, of people my age, which ones uh, the kids are looking at saying, that lady's really hot, you know what yeah. I mean, of the, of the girls I'm friends with. And sure. Now, obviously, your idea of attraction as time goes on changes, and what you see, uh, you know, they see you, a lot of times the kids see you as a, as a much older person. Yeah. But, uh, you, you know, so that, that song, actually, it's a, just a, a great, fun song, great harmonies, and uh, and then a, a f- fun subject matter as yes, well. Yes, it was. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I don't know about you guys. I never had, there was never that mom that I looked at like that. Like, all the moms I had were almost like moms to me. Um, yeah. I, I think of, of Pam, uh, Dave's mom. Uh, she was like a mom to me. I could never look at her as anything other than a mom. And most of the other moms are like that. And then the ones I didn't know that well, they were hot. They were not <laughs> hot at all. Well, you, you, I don't remember any of them. A lot of parents and mothers now, you know, in their 50s, they look like they're in their 30s. So, yeah, you know, when we're growing up, the parents were in their fifties, and they look. You'd put what you mind, you know, the the gray hair and yeah. you know the Sunday dress. They don't look like that anymore. No, I mean, yeah. they're wearing Daisy Dukes. Yes, they're looking good in them. Right, yeah. and I think in, in a lot of it, I think is health and, and fitness, and and mm-hmm. you know the the expectation of of today, you know that uh, in our era that there wasn't, uh, you know that, that I think that's a big part of it, and I think that kind of brings off that youthful uh, appearance where you didn't have a lot of uh, the moms in our area that were working out all the time at the gym. Well, and they and, didn't know much about fitness back right. then. No, they did. Totally different. Yeah, they did, and, and to them, fitness was completely different than the like, muscle heads. Yeah, yeah, and you know. it's like, or even if they were dieting, it, it just you know, they didn't have the the you know the the science of the technology well, you just eat grapefruit yeah That's it. yeah and they're starving themselves until friday they eat a big pizza and ruin their whole diet for the week so, <laughs> so yeah that's uh yeah love that song love it and one thing i failed to do um the first song the kid rock song was from 2014 and then the um proto martyr song is from well, hopefully we're saying this right uh, it was from 2015 <laughs> So, I'm sure there's a lot of fans out there who will probably correct you. If, if probably, so. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're not listening to this podcast. Except, is Connor listening? You think Connor will listen to this? He might, since I... Might. If not, if he not, better. I'm going to beat the crap out of him. He knows I can take him down. Well, right now actually, he's injured. There, actually, there's so. no way. Even injured, Connor's got like 20-inch biceps. He would destroy me. Now, when he was a little kid, I could probably take him, but not now. Hopefully, he just laughed at that. So, uh, that brings us up to our number eight song. Number eight. That's me in the corner That's me in the spotlight Losing my religion Trying to keep up with you And I don't know if I can do it Oh no, I said too much The next song, Losing My Religion by R.E.M. Uh, R.E.M., I mean... Uh, a band that got popular in the 80s went on into the 90s i think uh the the big part of their uh, fans really like the 80s stuff a lot and 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 when i when i hear this song there there's part of it that still has a bit of that 80s uh sound to me 
Although they, you know, they kind of went on to really, basically kind of a whole different sound. Yeah. I mean, you get to shiny, happy people and you, you listen oh. to, which is enough, you know, if, if you're an early R.E.M. fan, that, that song is like a night and day difference from mm-hmm. their early stuff. So when, but definitely, uh, they're, they're a band that I always think of in the eighties. Uh, I got to see them in, in 85 and they had this, uh, very, uh, they kind of had this, uh, mysterious vibe at veterans Memorial, uh, just a, a great eighties band. And, and I often forget though, they continued on into the nineties and, and, uh, but this song I think, uh, reminds me of the eighties. So, so when, when did you see them live? It would have been uh, the. Uh, it would have been December of uh, nineteen eighty-five. Oh my goodness! Wow. So that, that would have been a great time to see. Yeah, them. it was. It was. They were on the uh, Fables of the Reconstruction yes. uh, tour. Yes. Um, they uh, they had actually the Minutemen open for them, which is a punk band. Yeah. Which was a really weird pairing. It is a weird. Um, it is odd. But uh, yeah, they they just had they just had such a cool sound back then, and uh, Peter Buck those 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 great guitar lines that he had just. Mm-hmm. Really, really different kind of sound and band, and and then uh, their later stuff, like I said, evolved. Wasn't as crazy about the later stuff. No, uh, I I became a, an REM fan probably shortly after um, I graduated high school. So I graduated high school in 1984, and the Reckoning, Reckoning album was yeah. out, and I I I think it was Don't Go Back to Rockville was the first REM song I heard. I thought. Now, that's a different sound. Now, I, I subscribe to Rolling Stone magazine. So I would see, like, they would have all the charts in there. One would be the college charts. So you'd see these bands. You're not going to hear them on the radio. MTV wasn't really quite warming up to, to some of that stuff yet. So it was uh, it was a little different to hear. But I think it was actually on MTV when I saw Don't Go Back to Rockville, like late at night or something. I thought, ooh, that's good. So I bought that Reckoning album. And then after that, I bought Murmur, and then Fables of the Reconstruction uh, came out. And uh, I love the old, early IRS, REM stuff. For like, sure. That was their first. It, IRS was an indie label back then. They didn't have a ton of people on there. I know the Go-Go's started off on IRS. and It was run by Miles Copeland, who's Stuart Copeland's brother. But REM was, a, um, it was one of those early bands. And they've got a... One of my favorite REM albums, and this this might be funny, is uh, Dead Letter Office, which is basically just a bunch of throwaways and B-sides. Yes. And, and there there is one, I think I, I posted it a couple weeks ago, is one of the hidden gems of the day, uh, was the voice of Harold. Yeah. So basically, what Michael Stipe did is he, he took a Southern Gospel album and read the back cover, and it, it, and it come out to this, this song... And um, and then they added a chorus to it, but uh, the the guy Harold's uh, nephew or grandson or something um, had he he'd like written an article about it. He was like a, a, a rock writer or something, and he'd always known of the song, but, but wrote an article because yeah, that was my uncle or her dad or grandpa or whoever it was. And he's like, and, and here's the album, and he held the album cover up, and there it was. Like there's every lyric. Like you always kind of you always kind of wondered like. I figured it was something like that, but the fact that he read the album cover was just amazing. But yeah, that early REM, I just love that stuff. Uh, later on, when they 
when they got more big time, they, their sound definitely changed. They started using more horns and things like that. Right. Just, you know, you know, I think those first first recordings by them, I think that when you got them, uh, they felt a lot of the songs to me sounded a lot the same. And I remember listening to them multiple times, and I, I was having a hard time picking out the the differences between the songs. And mm-hmm. but uh, what, what's nice about that was over time the the beauty of the differences of the songs came out later. So you they weren't the the uh, songs all sound the same at first, but you. Uh, the more you listen to it, the more you get into the differences between the songs. Sure. And then, the, then at one point, you can't even remember the time that they all sounded the same to you. Yeah. But it, but it takes a while for you to get to that point. Yeah. So you kind of got to do it like they were kind of a band. I felt like you almost had to do a deep dive and be committed mm-hmm. because the first listen to a lot of the songs to me sounded similar. Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, I don't know if I can like these guys. But the more you listen, the more you love them. Yeah. And to me, anyway, it, it's they're definitely not for everybody. But I, 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 there's an acoustic version of Losing My Religion. I think it's from MTV. Um, that's amazing. Like when they strip their sound back, they sound like old REM. Yeah, it's just that overly slickly produced, later shiny, happy people crap. That I just, I just can't. Let me let me throw out one thing to you. Um, they played, I think it was Stashes in the '80s, which was um, a, a band. I'm sorry, it was a bar on North High Street. No kidding. And uh, it was it was either there. It was one of the local. I remember everyone talked about it. When I started hanging out at Ohio State, that they had played at one of these. It was on one of those first records. It was before that I knew them, mm-hmm. but it was like you, you know. Then they became this huge band, yeah. And the thought you could see them at a little venue like that, mm. which actually the that Stashes actually had a Nirvana show, and they had the same same place. It was uh, North High Street, uh, the northern part of campus, and yeah. uh, Nirvana later uh, had a uh, was right before. They basically had signed, uh, I think the story was they had signed a number of contracts to play venues. Um, smells Like Teen Spirit hit, and it was it was huge. Mm-hmm. But they had they had already had those commitments. Mm. And if you look at the pictures from that bar Stashes, which was where all the punk bands used to play, mm-hmm. uh, the place, that it was packed. There were people all down the street trying to get in there because wow. they actually had I, signed the deal before. I remember... I wasn't there, of course, but I think I remember that you saying that. I didn't remember where it was, but it seems like yeah. they, they they were playing a small club and people were. And I didn't. I I remember at the time not really even knowing who they were. Yeah, and so yeah, neat. Interesting. Any, any thoughts on REM or? Well, you know, I hopped on the the REM after I'd say probably the nineties when I started listening yeah. to REM. Um, not definitely not in the eighties, uh, but I I, I I could be wrong. But didn't they start out as like a wedding band? Something like uh, just playing small hmm. venues like that, and then just I don't know. I never heard. That. I know. Yeah. I know they were they were big. They they're from Athens, Georgia. Right. I know they played like the college bar circuit back then, but they very well could have been doing wedding be gigs. I don't know. That goes back a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I where I'm pulling this memory from, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Nah, you're not wrong. <laughs> Sometimes we're mistaken, but mistaken, we're but never wrong. wrong. That's right. I was just, I was I was wrong once, but I was mistaken. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. <laughs> I thought I was wrong once, but I was mistaken. Oh, funny. Um, so yeah, they were. Uh, it doesn't say anything here about them being a wedding band or something. So they just this goes way back. Their students at the University of Georgia in 1980. Might have been something I got off MTV back 
It could have been. Ago. It could have been. So that was um, that was number eight, and that brings us to number seven. Number seven. Just let me cry a little bit longer. Number seven is Rose Colored Boy by Paramore from 2018. I had never heard this song before. Or it sends this to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds 80s. And this is another song that was given to me by Connor. Um, I listened to him and I, this one's like, it sounds exactly like an 80s song. Uh, if if I didn't know it was an 80s song, that's where it was 80s song pulled from the TV show Square Pigs. I can see it like <laughs> it does in like, credits. It does sound like it would come <clears> from <throat> there for sure. Um, yeah, good song. Um, I, I, what we did, we like we voted, had this list of songs and, you know, whatever unanimous ones would be near the top. So this one um, was one I didn't have, I had already had my list voted on and then Art sent this. I'm like, okay, I took a song off to put this one on, so that's how it ended up at number seven. So we don't know a lot about Paramore, do we? No, <laughs> no. I, modern, I like they're a modern band that these crazy kids are into, but uh, they had this one song anyway that sounds very 80s. So if I remember, I think I had them on iTunes for my daughter putting them on there. But I, I've never listened <laughs> from to his daughter putting them on there. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a story. I'm sticking with it. All right. So, yeah, we won't spend a lot of time because we don't know a lot about them. <laughs> so we'll go up to uh, number six. Number six. So number six, when I first heard this song, uh, this is somebody that I used to know by Godier. This is from 2011. Um, I thought this sound hauntingly like Sting. It does. Therefore, having that 80s sound. Um, we don't know much about Godier. He, he sung this on SNL. I remember that. Um, he is a he's from Bel Belgium, Australia. Uh, it says he's a Belgian-Australian singer, so I don't know whatever Belgian-Australian means. Be Belgian-born Australian multi-instrumental singer-songwriter. So um, he won three Grammy Awards. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the, the guy, he's, he's made a nice little career for himself. But this was a number one hit in 2011 uh, with this definite 80s sound. So it just goes to show you that good music is timeless. So, um, any other thoughts on this song or this guy? No, I, I just not really. <laughs> not really. It's a good song. I listened yeah. to it, but I, I didn't. 
I didn't know it from before, I have to confess. Yeah, I, I don't remember if it was you or Kevin that turned me on to this song when it first came out. It was mm-hmm. like, you got to listen to this. It sounds like Sting. And yeah. it does. It, it does. Yeah. Well, I had heard somewhere that Sting had heard it and thought it sounded a lot like him, too. <laughs> like himself. Like, oh, that's good. He loved it. He loved the song. Right? I remember hearing that. But, yeah, he thought, it does a very good impression of me. <laughs> so, yeah, not a lot to say about it, but, you know, we liked it uh, enough to be number six. Number five. That girl is Number five. So this is this is a fun little tune. <laughs> Poison by Belle Biv DeVoe. This came out in 1990. I believe it was late 1990, so it might have actually been made in 1990. Um, three guys from New Edition put out this New Jack Swing kind of. That, mm-hmm. that sound was being ushered in, but it kind of got its roots in the 80s. So well, what do you guys think? It's a little redemption from, uh, like you said, the uh, New Edition. Um, yeah. I had it. I yeah. had it. I had it back then. Yeah. I like the song. Yeah, great, was, yeah, great poppy song. I mean, <clears throat> you know, they, the three of it's it's kind of cool that the three of them they you know you had a Ralph doing his thing and then Bobby Brown doing his thing and then the three of them said, "Hey, let's you know <laughs> let's do our thing. And let's actually, make a hit just as big if not bigger than these other guys are right. doing." <laughs> and you know, Ra- Ralph was mostly the voice of New Edition most of the time. Mm-hmm. He had that that high voice. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, really, I mean, um, the three of them did this song, I thought was, uh, just, just a great, uh, great dance song. It, it just oh, yeah. immediately brings you in, yep. you know? So I, I thought for them to kind of go off on their own, uh, this was a great, uh, a great selection, great song. Yeah. I, I would say like, I, I would say this song kind of helped usher in that 90s style, um, it, it still had that 80s sound, but it was like New Edition grown up is what it sounded mm-hmm. like to mm-hmm. me. And, you know, a lot of bands try to copy this kind of sound after for the next few years. So, you, you, you know, into probably 93, 94, you're still hearing plenty of songs that sounded like they came from the 80s, including this one, which is just a fantastic song. Just the harmonies that they can do, the, the solos that they did together. Um, you're talking about the New Edition guys when they, they broke up. Bobby Brown had a tremendous career there for a couple years. Prerogative. Yeah, Ralph Tresvant, um, he kind of, he, he had some soul hits, but he never really did much on the pop charts. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's his producers or whatever, but he definitely was the voice of New Edition for several years here, like Cool It Now and Mr. Telephone Man and all those songs. That high-pitched thing, that's Ralph. Yeah. So... You ever see the new edition story? No, I haven't. It's I think it's on Prime or one of those kind of services right now. But it, I think BET put it together. Um, they, you know, there's actors, of course, playing the kids when they form the group, and you know their ups and downs and turmoils and stardom and all this other stuff. And the the documentary itself, or not documentary, I'm sorry, the movie itself was assisted by the actual guys in the band. So they taught them the dance moves. They had to sign off on, you know, maybe the uncomfortable conversations the band members had together. You know, the 
how Bobby Brown wanted to break out and be a star, and the other guys were like, yeah, you forget it. Go, go pee up a flagpole or whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, I mean, it was uh, some trying times with the band. And, uh, you know, they reunited years later, and they still, you know, do sort of the old people tours and things like that, because you put New Edition out on a marquee, and people will pay money and still go see them. Yeah. But Poison, I think, is better than any New Edition song. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, that's what right. I say. It's it's one of the, you know, the boy bands that after, like you said, have grown up, you know. Yeah, right. It's like um, NSYNC and with and um, Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, yeah. you, you know. He took it to another level. Yeah, completely different sound. You, you, you know, you got you mentioned Mr. Telephone, man. If you if people haven't seen it, go that video for that, <laughs> where you know, and it takes you back to the, you know, they're they're basically can't get through to the, the guy can't get to his girl to his girlfriend, and so they're they're basically at, like in some of the scenes that they've got these old phone repairman guys out there, and they're yes. they're basically you know like bleeding with the with the phone guy, which is hilarious. To think uh, where phones are at today. Yes. Well, an- another funny thing from that video and that whole era is Ralph's little mullet that he had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it looks very comical even today. But uh, you know what? Good for them. Good for Belbiv DeVoe. Yeah. What a huge hit. Which uh, brings us to uh, number four. Number four. Sean, I believe you put this song out there. Yeah, All I Want to Do by Heart. Um, so uh, Heart is a band that I always think of as an 80s band. Um, and uh, I'm surprised this one was a, a 90s song. Like, uh, obviously, following our theme here. Um, never, to tell you the truth, this wasn't a song that I liked. I just was surprised that it was uh, a 90s song. I thought it was an 80s song. And I, I have to tell you, probably one of the most ridiculous premises of a <laughs> song that, that. I've, that I've ever heard. You yes. know? And then, and not only does she, uh, you know, go to meet this guy to and and then describe it as love uh, to, to in order to have a child, but then she explains it later in the song to her significant other, like that he's supposed to understand this, yes. this ridiculous premise about meeting someone and and going to a hotel to basically procreate and then I'm going to explain <laughs> to my significant other and he's going to be okay with it. Well, when, when she, it's funny cause when she's talking about like the encounter, it's like, you know, he broke me so many times so easily. Let's put it out there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Multiple pleasure times. <laughs> so, you know, she just, she put it out there. She, she said out, he yeah. knew how to touch me in every which way. So basically, husband, oh, significant other man of mine, you are worthless as a lover. Yeah. But well, this guy, yeah. he loved me up good and <laughs> gave me a child. This guy that I, <laughs> that I picked off the road. Doesn't yeah. she say that in part of the song that she yeah. meets him? She he's meets a stranger. Him. Yeah. And I guess she just hit the jackpot that this guy was some kind of Casanova yeah. or something. And, and well, the, the kid meets the guy later, too. Yeah. Yeah. Stared into his eyes. His eyes look like mine or yeah, something. Yeah, right. Like, it's just kind of 
weird song. Yeah, I, I don't. It, think it has I... a good sound. It's just the lyrics of the song are just weird. I mean, it's got that heart sound, and you know, they were very big and from like eighty six, eighty seven on. Right. But I just remember thinking I, I wouldn't want to be either guy in that story. I wouldn't either, <laughs> or the kid. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, oh, jeez, all these years yeah. I thought this guy was my dad. So yeah, it's probably a theme song to a lot of kids. It probably is. <laughs> it probably is. Oh, gee. So, yeah, that, that definitely has an 80s sound and sounds like a theme from Dynasty or something. So we will move right along. Number three. Number three is a who who nominated this? This is uh, first of all, this is Suicide Blonde by NXS. This is Sean that did this. Sean, go ahead and tell us just, why you think this is a great song. Just you know, my my love of NXS uh, first three albums, they were one of my favorite bands. Yeah, and uh, so I always think of them in, as an '80s band, mm-hmm. as we saw with the as you know with the show. Um, you know the sh- the show where people are auditioning to sing for NXS. I can't remember what the name of the show was. Rockstar. Rockstar. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, but you know, I I, I often forget that uh, as the years went on, they became a super pop band. Yeah, they were a super popular uh, band that uh, outshined everything they did early mm-hmm. as far as popularity. But not musically. But not musically. Mm -hmm. I think for me, uh, so they're an 80s band for me. I go back to Shabu Shaba. It's still in probably my top. That's one of my all-time favorite albums. Yeah, it's probably in my top 20. Uh, The the mood of that, the the songwriting, the the melodies, the mood, uh, everything about that just has that cool 80s, cool 80s feel. And then uh, I think the, you know, because they're Aussie, that they, they just kind of had a different take on, what mm-hmm. what their version of uh, of music was and what their contribution was, and so I, I really liked them. I, I this one still to me kind of has that eighty sound. Um, it still kind of has that uh, kind of that cool cooler version of what I think of them mm-hmm. as an earlier band. Yeah, I kind of dug into it a little bit. I, I like you. I've been an XS fan all the way back to the swing, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but I kind of dug in the song a little bit. Suicide Blonde to see what it was about. And he was dating Kylie Minogue at the time. Was he really? <laughs> and it was about it. her hair was dyed blonde at that time. So it was a song about you know women that dye their hair blonde, mm-hmm. which obviously you know the suicide blonde. But yeah, <clears throat> but it was kind of a tribute to her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I uh, you know uh, that's kind of. I mean, was this after Locomotion? Her cover of Locomotion? Because <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I got to tell yeah, you, that but, was enough to, for for me to make. If even if I was dating her to probably break up at that point. Wait, if you watch uh, "Can't Get You Out of My Head," that kind of makes up for it. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. <laughs> so yeah, Kylie Minogue. Yeah, I think she was a teenager when she did that. That would have been earlier. Um, yeah, she kind of uh, she turned into like she's still gorgeous today. Yeah, and she's a huge celebrity in Europe and Australia. Yeah, and um, yeah, just you know, Michael Hutchins. Tragic loss. It was. It was. I mean, um, he kind of reminded me, um, not vocally, not even musically, but 
I thought he kind of had that same kind of front man charisma that uh, Mick Jagger has. Yeah. Like, he just kind of had that, that look and feel about him. Draw you in. Yeah. yeah. For like, sure. Like, Shabu Shuba, again, one, still one of my favorite albums, all the way up until this album, X. Um, that This one I didn't like as much. And Suicide Blonde, I was not a huge fan of. It was okay. Yeah. I just... You know, I like the earlier stuff better. For sure. And so one one cool thing, speaking of their 80s and that era, uh, did you ever see the movie Reckless? No, I don't think uh, I have. Aiden Quinn and Daryl Hannah, uh, teenage flick, bad boy, good girl. Um, there's two or three songs from that Shubu Shuba album that, that are on the soundtrack of that. I definitely got to check movie. it out then. Yes, you will. Yes, Tragic you will. loss with Michael Hutchins. I mean, just the, here's a guy that had it really, literally had it all. Yeah. I mean, uh, they're probably at that, in that era, I don't know if there was, I would say nine out of 10, uh, girls that I knew thought he was the thing and great singer, great songwriter. Um, and really, you know, just a tragic loss. Great band too. I mean, three, how many bands have three brothers the Ferris Brothers they had three three brothers in that. Oh my gosh! Uh, Gary yes. DeBeers on bass, and then uh, Kirk Bengelly, a uh, great saxophone player. Yeah, and also backup. Always had those crazy glasses. He did have some yeah. crazy glasses. Yeah. So they, they did an album a few years ago where they kind of recreated a lot of their music, and I I want to say, oh maybe it was is Tim Ferris, um, he sung "Don't Change." And it was like very slowed down and moody. Check that out. Okay, that is it's again. I I tend to like the original versions of songs, but hearing them do their own song in a, a different, different way, way. with neat. a different guy singing is obviously they couldn't get Michael Hutchins to do it. But um, that's uh, you know great great eighties cool. video on that song too. And don't yep. change that end where they're in that warehouse and then the. It it goes to the Ferris brother playing drums and and they're they're basically on that truck kind of going out of that warehouse yeah. and that's how yeah. it ends. You that's know, it. Just, yeah. So good good days good days. All right, so that brings us to number two. Number two. Come on, baby, come on over. Let me be the one to hold. So number two is "To Be with You" by Mr. Big. Now, the, this is this is one of only two songs that were unanimous for us. We we all three voted for this this song and the next one. Um, this song, 1991, sounds so 80s. It does. It, it does. I mean, Eric Martin's the lead singer. Um, he definitely has that uh, that 80s rock groove. But this song sounds completely different from other Mr. Big music. Um, kind of like it, when Extreme did more than words. Mm. It's like, that band did that song? So, love it. What about you guys? Do I like the song now? Uh, I, I I know the song. I remember the song well. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I do, I agree. It, it, it's got that 80s sound to it. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, I'm not a fan. But... Um, 
yeah, that's about all I have for that. I, I, it's what a song about boys' love for some girl, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. I, I'm kind of the same way. I was never, I was never a big a fan of the song. I do, I do think it has an '80s sound to it. Mm-hmm. Um, great, uh, great music. I mean, great musicians. Uh, just you know, Paul Gilbert's great guitarist and Billy Sheehan, fantastic bassist. Uh, played with David Lee Roth and yeah. a bunch of other artists, yeah. but uh, just um, but just uh, not n- not a song, a real popular <clears throat> song, but not not one that I was a big fan of. Sure. So that that gets us clear to the very end, boys. Number one. Number one is Pictures of You by The Cure. This sounds like an 80s song. It sure does. I think anything Cure, you think 80s. You know? Yes. <laughs> well, that whole album, Disintegration, um, it was my first Cure album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. I, I listened to it nonstop when I first bought it. It's great. Um, it, it still stands true today. I mean, it's a great album. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, this one has, um, you know, everything Cure. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They this is a, their trademark sound. Uh, a lot of people have tried to duplicate that kind of uh, of a mood, and it, you just can't. That's good stuff. So um, that brings us to our list of songs that didn't make it. Um, some really good songs on here. So first one I know is a, a song that Sean had suggested, uh, "Thunderstruck" by ACDC. That's right. Yeah. Now, and what's funny is on our '70s songs that sounded like '80s songs, we had a, you know, we talked about "Highway to Hell" at one point. Yeah. So all their music sounds like it came from the '80s. <laughs> yeah. No matter yeah, what they so do. So now we're on the tail end of that. Yes. Um. And so, uh, definitely just that big rock sound of a what I think of an '80s song. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, just as as big and and, and straightforward. As ACDC is, and it just sounds like that uh, that, that great rock sound. Well, that that, that, that intro is one of the coolest yeah. intros ever. Right. Yes. Well, like I said, the ACDC, they just got that sound. It just makes you want to stand up and Oh, yeah. Just you know, yell rock. and, and yeah. just, yeah, drive fast. Or... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think a lot of um, a lot of intros that, like you said, the intros used a lot in sporting events, I think. Oh, to, yeah. You know, just that, that big build-up. Fantastic. So, um, uh, one of our frequent co-hosts on here, uh, Snowball. His, he says uh, Thunderstruck would be his, his wrestling entrance music. Yes. So, yeah, we'll go with it. So if you guys had a wrestling entrance music, what would it be? Ooh. Put you on the spot, didn't I? I don't know. I'd, I'd say uh, Enter the Sandman. That's yeah, there one. actually was uh, a wrestler called uh, Sandman, Sandman who introduced that from song, right? So yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he came was, in uh, with a kendo stick. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if I have uh, one, but yeah, uh, that that uh, that was his big entrance, and I think uh, I don't know if they ever paid uh, 
Metallica for the use of that song and a lot of those ECW. T- but uh, I don't. I don't know. They're if, very uh, low budget. They probably yeah. couldn't afford it. Though. I don't know if I have a, a song right that comes to mind that would be my entrance. How about you? Um, I had a couple different ones. Uh, one of them would be Manish Boy by Muddy Waters. Muddy Waters. That that's that's one I think that would be just kind of cool to just kind of walk down slowly to. Sure. Yeah. Well, well, you know, a lot of a lot of those tunes. Uh, Written by the same, they have a writer that writes a lot of those songs for for wrestlers. He was basically a full time employee for WWE. And, gotcha. Uh, the key though is you've got to have in the first like three or four notes, everyone's got to know what it be is. Identifiable. Yes. So uh, that that's part of the writing of a lot of those songs. They wanted the the mute the when that guy comes down to whatever interrupt what's happening in the ring, and that music hits. That everyone identifies with that superstar. Kind of, yeah. So that's that's kind of the fun of that, you know. Well, but, uh, I, still, no matter who the, <clears throat> the the WWE could hire, they could never beat the Road Warriors coming down to Iron Man. Yeah, <laughs> so, that was great. That was the best. <laughs> that was the best. What about Real American by uh, Hong oh, Kong? That, that was Rick Derringer. <laughs> Let's see here. Unskinny Bop by Poison. It was 1990s. So it was basically 1989. So it's just it was another puzzle record from eighties. Another rock, another rock song from the eighties. Um, yeah. I think it's in my uh, in the whole su- second subcategory, and, and I apologize in advance to all the listeners out there, but it's in my top three worst songs of all time. Yeah, and they, I know you know you've had shows on on bad songs. We have, um, uh, but, but even just the the phrase has there is it, anyone ever used the word unskinny before? So basically, it's fat bop. Yes. That, yeah. It, Not to be confused so, with Moonbop by Hanson. No, that's right. Which doesn't sound 80s at all. Sounds very 90s. So, uh, you know, but, uh, and then uh, that guitar riff, uh, just, I, I it, it's it's horrible to me. Uh, yeah. Just the whole, everything about that song. So, I, like I said, I apologize to everybody. But I will say this, that you get a little bit of redemption when I go to Bibby Bop uh, to eat lunch. <laughs> because I think of both, and I sing Unskinny Bop and Umbop. As I'm going to baby bop, so at least I give up poison a, a little bit. Just, what about she bop? Well, yeah, that's right. We, I forgot. <clears> that's what he brings a date. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Right here, right now, by Jesus Jones. That was yours, right? Yeah, I picked that. I, I thought that uh, I knew it was a 90s song, but um, I think there's an 80s quality to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, just kind of a slick song. I've, I've always liked it, and I, I think it sounds like an 80s thing. Yeah. Everybody knows it when it plays. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's used quite a bit. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. one of those songs that's kind of endured yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, 1985 by Bowling for Soup. This song, they're not trying so much 
to sound 80s as they are paying tribute to the 80s. They're dressed like Motley Crue. They're, they're playing in a garage and there's a hot lady across the street who basically the whole thing is about her, you know, just kind of, she's a suburban mom now. And gosh, she wishes it was 1985. And by the end of the video, her hair's down, her blouse is unbuttoned down to there, slit skirt, slithered on the car, a la Tawny Katane. Rest by the peace. way, rest, in, rest peace. in peace. Yeah. So she's doing that whole thing, and her square husband comes home, honey, what are you doing? <laughs> and so, yeah, that song is very, very much 80s, very 80s. I mean, the title's 1985, that was made in 2004. <clears throat> Uh, next is Change Your Mind by The Killers. Also, um, this song actually you could put just about any killer song from their first couple albums. Yeah, they've sure. got that that definitely eighties, definitely eighties. That that not quite Depeche Mode sound, but kind of like Depeche Mode meets T Rex meets David Bowie meets you know uh, the Police or something. I don't know. It, it, it's just they're just a hybrid of a bunch of different stuff, and it, it sounds really good. Yeah, that first album, Hot Fuss. Is a great album. Great record. Yeah. Um, I think uh, there's another band, the, the Bravery, that's out there, and they have Never a real 80s them. sound. If you haven't heard of them, check them out. Hmm, okay. Uh, let's see here. Um, U2 has two songs here, uh, The Fly and Mysterious Ways. They both come from that Octung Baby album in 1991. They're you know trying to change their sound a bit, but these two songs still sound kind of 90s, or kind of 80s, 80s to me. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. The Middle by Jimmy Eats World. It just takes some time to middle, girl. In the middle of the ride. Everything, everything will be just fine. Everything, everything will be all right, all right. It just takes some time to Yeah, I think that's, a, that's one to me that sounds 80s to me as well. Uh, big popular song. Um, you hear it a lot. It gets covered a lot. Mm-hmm. If you go to see cover bands locally, oh yeah, and actually uh, some guys I've been playing with, they that's on the list. Nice, and so just it's a, a song. just a great fun song. Very, yeah. it's, it it sounds like a summertime song yeah, to me. It does. So yeah, it's a good song. Uh, Percussion Guns by White Rabbits. I found this song, it was on the um, the Friday Night Lights TV show. They released two albums of songs you know, that were used on the TV show, and this is one of them, and it's got a nice little 80s sound to it. I mean, the, the song's called Percussion Guns, so the drums in it are really, really cool, which is, it, fun fact, when this song is played in the TV show, 
it is our first ever appearance of Michael B. Jordan, you know, the famous actor. Oh, really? He got his start in that show. And at the beginning of the show, he is like, he's a kid running from the cops. And they, they, of course they catch him. But um, he's running and like the, the, the cops cannot catch him. Like he's on foot. Of course, he's got a, he's, he's going to be a, a dual threat quarterback in later episodes. But, you know, the whole thing is the cops are winded because they can't catch this guy. But another one cuts him off and he finally he's got to stop. <laughs> so, but anyhow, that, that was our first, our first uh, appearance by him. But that's an awesome song. Uh, let's see. All for Love by Color Me Bad. I think we're kind of pretentious to me. But their videos are so bad. They, it does sound 80s. It's its only redeeming quality. Though. I Want You by Savage Garden. Which one of you knuckleheads put it that on me. there? It wasn't me. How'd it get on there? <laughs> it was, it was not mystery, me. That must be it a was mystery not me. Everybody, Nobody's owning up to that. I don't uh, even know me, that song. Let me make sure that wasn't one of the ones that Connor oh, It could have been. Let me double check. It's from 1997. Blame it on Connor. <laughs> yeah so, he's not here yeah he's gonna take the blame for it uh i'll be there for you by the rembrandts the theme from friends yeah. 80s sound. It does have an 80s sound. Um, uh, let's see. Motown Philly by Boys to Men, 1991. Uh, I I put this alongside Poison because uh, mm-hmm. like. Uh, couple of the guys i think ronnie bell and um route uh shoot um i'm sorry one of the other new edition guys produced them okay and so that's uh that's a very good very good one dreams by the cranberries who did that this one it looks like art yeah that art art me. did suggest this one mm-hmm. six avenue heartache by the wallflowers That's a great song. It is a great song. I, 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 song. I never saw this as an 80s sounding right. song to me, but I love the Wallflowers. I love Jacob Dylan. They're awesome. Awesome. Love, 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 mm-hmm. love this song. It is. It's a great song. Yeah. Oh, and then the last one here is Empire Ants by the Gorillas. That was me. Well, via Connor. But I, I got the Gorilla CDs. I listened to them. I never really thought of them as being sounding like an 80s, but you listen to it, it does. It's, yeah. It sounds like an 80s band. So that gets us through the list, except there's one more song, which we'll play on the outro. Speaking of people and bands that, um, you know, defined the 80s, the Cars. Um, They had, they made an album in, oh gosh, uh, 2011 uh, called Move to This. 
and it just sounds like classic cars. It sounds like it could have been plucked right out of the Heartbeat City sessions, but it wasn't. I mean, it was all the cars minus Benjamin Orr, and this song, awesome. It's the intro and outro this week. So the intro is the intro of the song. The outro is middle of the song someplace. But um, uh, that is uh, that completes our talk, and that is uh, we'll, we'll let you go with the cars, gentlemen. Thank you for sticking fun. around two us. weeks in a row. The time has flown. Um, I really appreciate you guys coming out, giving your insight, all the work on putting these lists together. Uh, for those of you guys listening at home, we don't just kind of sit here and just think of songs. Uh, there's a little bit of a little bit of a science to it. We gotta we gotta we send spreadsheets back and forth to each other and research. cancel stuff out and research and looking at what year these songs came out and you know, chart positions and things like that. So there's there's a little bit of work to it, but um, we do it because we we just love talking about this stuff so much and it, it, it's a blast. It truly is. So um, guys, um, thank you so much. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate thank you both. You. And um, until next week. Here are the car- the cars. Thanks and God bless, and we'll see you next time.